Welcome back to the season finale of Survivor 45. Uh, D turns out to be the winner. Congratulations. What a crazy season. Um, she absolutely deserved it. So congratulations, D. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of hop back to the beginning of the episode, but uh, wanted to get your guys' reactions. What did you think of D winning? Did you expect it? Um, did she deserve it? What, what do you think? Logan, kick us off. Yeah, I think you saying well-deserved um, was very much so. So congratulations, D. I think she played the best game uh, from strategic side to obviously she would, she got the most uh, immunity um, immunities and then I mean I, I think she just played the most well-rounded game from everybody so absolutely well-deserved excited to dive into this episode um, what do you think Brandon D is the best winner of the new era and it's not even close she from a strategic standpoint, a social standpoint, and a physical standpoint, was completely dominant in the game from beginning to end. And you don't often get to see the best player in a season of Survivor actually win the thing. And we got to see that this season. And I'm very happy that D won the game. Me as well. Me as well. Um, we'll get into the final tribal with, with the final three um in a little bit obviously i, I want to dive into all of that but um what uh kind of starting at the beginning it it kind of came out that austin was blindsided for the first time all game and and while i i realized that after the last vote i didn't quite like i guess i didn't quite realize it um and so I thought that was was kind of interesting that he has been that much in control or that much in the know, had the right people around him all game um, to not be blindsided until that last um, the last night there uh, when we started the episode. But what do you guys think about him not holding any hard feelings towards D? Uh, I I thought he would have held that against her a little bit more but i was curious what you guys thought on that yeah i think it was clear to me uh just based off of going back to julie playing the idol and eliminating emily it was clear to me at that point that austin i don't want to say he lost sight of the game but he clearly had feelings towards d and he trusted her and i don't think that she could do any wrong in his eyes. So I'm not surprised that he was upset about it. I think he understood it. I think he understood. I actually think both of them, like they obviously had a showmance, but I think they both did a really good job of um, not letting it take over the game for the most part. So I think, uh, like I wasn't surprised that there wasn't really any kind of backlash on D or hard feelings against D from Austin. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he had the, the showmance uh, and all that kind of kept him from being upset with her. I, I do think he, from what we could tell, it seemed like a pretty laid back guy. So um, I th 
probably has something to do with it as well. And at, at the end of the day, I think he had every right to be. But like Brandon said, they both had a pretty good understanding that, hey, like we are playing a game. We've got to do what's best for us. And, but we're together for, like to the end. And so I think he being laid back, having that understanding and having that little bit of a relationship going on um, didn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah, I was a little, I thought the outcome would have been the same. I thought his, um, I thought he would have ended up in the same headspace that he started out, but I was a little surprised that he didn't come out and be like, wait, why wouldn't you have told me? Cause I told you here, but you couldn't have told me here. And then like her giving her reason and then him, you know, be like, okay, that makes sense. No hard feelings. Uh, but he was just like, yeah, it is what it is. That's cool. Whatever. Um, but I think we all saw their showmance and it sounds like from the rest of the show, the rest of this episode, everybody else saw their showmance, but nobody really talked about it a ton until really this week and Katura was like what are we doing like mm-hmm. we let them slide right by and it felt like for the first time like in my opinion six episodes too late that they see Austin and D as kind of that showman's and uh, and you just can't let a couple like that get that far in the game so Let's uh, let's talk about the advantage. I don't remember there. I guess there might have been some sort of an advantage like that, but I don't remember that before. Have we had that recently, Brandon? Yeah, they've done like a... I don't know if they've done it every season, but I can remember them doing a final five advantage whenever they put them on the new beach. Okay. Where it is like you get to skip this part of the challenge or you get, you know, obviously an advantage of some sort. Yeah, let's talk about that. So they had to hunt all over the beach, all over the uh, their camp for um, a box of crabs, a stack of coconuts, and like a bunch of bamboo. And they had to count each one of those. I thought everybody's strategy on that was a little um, interesting. Obviously, after talking about D and Austin being a couple, they took off together. And then Julie, Jake, and Couture all took off together. Um, I, I didn't, I just thought that was interesting. It was right after we got talk, done talking about them, you know, being in that showmance. But Jake kind of stood out from the rest from saying, like, hey, I'm just going to go slow and steady and just be accurate. And we definitely saw that pay off um, because he ended up winning that. And I don't know about you guys, but from this moment on, I thought, oh, man, this is this is Jake's season to lose um, or not necessarily to lose, but he has everything going for him. He's got the idol. He's got the advantage. He's going to win immunity he has this totally in his, in his control. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way on that. Yeah, I did. I I thought he, from taking the stance of 
let's take my time. I, I know I'm not the fastest guy. I know I'm not going to be able to be running back and forth. That's not my thing. I don't like running. Uh, let's just take my time. Let's count it. I think that was obviously the smartest way to go about it. I thought Julie, it almost seemed like when she got to a spot, it almost didn't seem like she stopped moving and she was already leaving. Like she was just counting them real quick to go and obviously made some mistakes. And so um, him doing that. And then as soon as he got that, I had that same thought of, okay, he's got the, the idol. He's got this advantage. If he can win the, the immunity, he's really got everything going for him. And at the very beginning of this episode, I, I thought, okay, if he can do this and make a big move, getting D out, which kind of seemed like was his plan, getting her out, I could see him winning very easily based on some of the moves and just what he's gone through. Obviously didn't play out that way, but I, I definitely thought he's he's got it going right now. I loved his strategy for remembering the numbers because I I'm not good with that type of thing. Trying to remember numbers uh, in a very short period of time. I loved that he had kind of that that Michael Scott take and had the mnemonic devices of JT is 18, Denise is 25, and Gabler is 23. I thought that was really smart remembering those survivor winners rather than the numbers. Um, just a unique strategy. And again, just kind of a highlight for Jake, who, you know, like you said, has everything to gain and really nothing to lose. And just another kind of just fun little tidbit of Jake that we got to see and how his mind works. For sure. And that was definitely impressive because, I mean, I remember Gabler winning 43. But I, it's it's really hard for me to remember who won what season and if you told me hey did this person win uh, yeah I, I think so but for him to know like each person who won what season that was pretty impressive and kind of showed how smart he was or is yeah I, I i haven't been able to or i'm not really able one to kind of do that and look back at the seasons and say hey this is what season this and all uh, i I haven't watched them as much like recently as Brandon has. So Brandon, you amaze me at some of your history knowledge on all of survivor. Obviously you've watched all of them rec more recent than us, but it truly impresses me with the amount of knowledge that you've had just from kind of going through and watching it. Um, and that like sticking. So, um, one for you to be able to pull that, but for him also be able to do that in the heat of the moment, trying to remember everything and doing that absolutely impressive across the board. Yeah. So he wins the advantage. One of you want to tell everybody what the advantage was. Yeah. So there's a portion in the challenge where you have to throw three. Well, and we can get to the challenge here in a second, but there's a portion in it where there's three sandbags that you're going to have to throw into three baskets and you need to get three numbers. Well, Jake, when he got to that portion of the challenge, two out of his three numbers were already revealed. So he just needed to land one of those sandbags in the basket and he would advance to the next stage of that challenge. Yeah. So let's talk about the challenge because when they were going over everything and they, and Jeff told him what the advantage was, Jeff even said like, not a huge advantage, but 
you know, big enough to where that can make a difference. And it very clearly did help him. He kind of fumbled the bag a little bit towards the end, really twice in this challenge. And we can talk about that, but um, people seem to, to get stuck on that portion of the challenge. So it ended up being, I think a bigger deal than, than what I originally thought it would be. Um, Cause Jeff almost seemed to downplay it a little bit, but let's hop into that challenge and, and talk about what that was. Cause it was a, kind of a long complex challenge. There was a lot of different steps to it. Yeah, there was, there was a lot to it and I'll go ahead and break it down if we're ready. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to crawl under an obstacle and you're going to dig up a machete and then you're going to use that machete and you're going to slice a rope to drop a pile of sandbags. Then you're going to pick up those sandbags as many as you want, as many as you think you'll need. And you're going to toss them into three different baskets. This is where Jake had the advantage. You're going to toss them into three different baskets and those are each basket releases a different number. And each, the thing that was kind of unique about this is each contestant had a unique set of numbers to them. Um, Anyway, those numbers are going to help you solve a combination lock, which will release a set of keys. Once you get the keys, you're going to climb up a, a wall over a tall tower, and you're going to use the keys to unlock a three-tiered survivor puzzle where you have to get basically six pillars the same height, and then you're going to place a disc, and then you're just going to repeat that series twice. And um, Jake had the advantage and then got to his combination lock, got it done pretty quick, but then got all the way up the tower and then realized that he didn't have the keys. He also had a blunder during the puzzle as well, where he just was missing a piece and he couldn't figure it out. And I think for Jake, it was kind of a, a moment of, I think that's what 20 four days on survivor do to you. You just kind of forget really basic things. And it ended up costing him a win. Yeah. I think even with fumbling the, the keys and forgetting those, if he would have had that last puzzle piece, I think there was a really good shot for him to win that challenge. And I don't know if that would have been enough to make him win the whole season, but Man, it felt like it just slipped right through his fingers. Oh, and that it, it kind of a, um, I don't know the the word that I'm looking for, but kind of a um, a small a small view of what his entire journey on Survivor really looked like. He's so close to making big moves, and then it just kind of falls through at the end. Kind of a, a day late and a dollar short is kind of <laughs> the definition of Jake's game. Yeah, all season long. Yeah, and I hated that for him because he clearly had great ideas, and the fact that they didn't fall through at all. He he was such a fun contestant and player to watch. I I really enjoyed him, so I, I hated that that he didn't get to see some of those um kind of come to come to life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and let's so Austin wins and decides to take Jake, which I thought was was really cool. And I was sitting there thinking, Jake, please don't tell Austin about your <laughs> idol. Please don't tell Austin about your idol. And what does he do? Hey Austin, I've got the idol. 
and it was just like I don't know. He Jake wanted to make big moves and he just his follow through was just weird on all of them and like I don't know. I he just fumbled a lot in my opinion and and we can get into tribal here in a bit but were you guys surprised that he shared the idol with uh with Austin or the knowledge of the idol him having that I I was not I actually I was the same thing as you I looked at my wife and I said he's going to he's going to mess up and he's going to tell Austin about his idol and that was the first thing he did and I was like well there's a huge blunder and it kind of felt like with him missing forgetting the keys and then him missing the puzzle piece and then him turning around and telling Austin about his idol it was really starting to feel to me like oh he's he's done his game's over it just Mm -hmm. felt like they were building it up for him to kind of crash and burn and I just I it doesn't surprise me because that's just there's been a lot of kind of strategic blunders this season as a whole. So I wasn't surprised that it happened, but I was like, man, come on, Jake. Yeah. I didn't think he could keep his mouth shut from telling Austin right away. I was like, he's going to tell him it's going to screw everything up. Obviously kind of later he explains of why he did that and all um, of making people want to make, making, making sure people aren't going to put a vote on him so he can play and his idol for somebody else and make a big play in the game. I think that's a, a, that was a brilliant move, really risky, obviously. Um, And even to him telling Katura, I, I, my play would have been to keep that in my pocket and not tell anybody, but I I don't know what, uh, what else he could have done there that, really made it a different outcome i think if he shuts his mouth keeps his mouth shut he he's getting his name written down probably three times and he's gonna play his idol and that would have he would have voted out whoever he wanted to and that would have given himself so much favor with the jury so he really really squandered a good opportunity to have a big big move on his resume yeah Yeah, definitely overthought it a bit yeah i think he got blinded by wanting to make a big move and did not see the simple big move right in front of him um but yeah that the whole exchange between him and katura i hated all of that um and we'll go ahead and just jump into tribal here because all this is kind of connected. But um, this to me was probably the most interesting, frustrating, just um, like focal point of this episode because this is when everything changed for me. So Jake and Katura had this plan to get D out. Katura is like, hey, you've got the idol. We're safe. We're all good. Let's vote D. As long as everybody, you know, votes votes for Jake, like it, it's fine. Because then we'll have the numbers. 
she <laughs> didn't force him, but basically coerced him into swearing on his Nana, which I hate when people do that anyway, but it was just a, a weird thing. And then turns out Katura didn't even vote with him. And once again, the big move that Jake is trying to make just kind of falls flat. So I, I don't know what you guys thought about all that, but I, I, again, I wasn't surprised because I like nothing that Katura and Jake or really anyone that wasn't on the Reba tribe outside of Emily, like nothing that they had done had made sense this season. So I wasn't surprised that they completely screwed up an opportunity. Cause if you really look at it now, if they stick with it, D goes home and who knows what happens at final For tribal. Sure. So <laughs> I hope that they are like, completely kicking themselves for well, really Katura kicking herself. I, I, I just didn't understand it. It, it was so frustrating to me because like Katura's stance was that she didn't trust Jake. Like what Jake should be the one that you trust the most out of anybody on that Island because he has, he has no reason to backstab you. He's his his back is against the wall. He needs you. The other people, Julie, Austin, and D at that point, they did not need they didn't need you. And Katura kind of the whole time, like even before Jake and Katura came up with the plan to go after D, Katura was still like, oh, let's just vote Jake. Like it, it's just frustrating. It was a frustrating tribal. It it was. And the whole part of when she came back and she was like, well, if I would have known you were going to play your idol for me, I would have believed you. Or if you told me that, well, what a dumb move for Jake to tell her that he would play his idol for her because she would have voted him out. Exactly. And so, and that would have been a heck of a move for Katura to add to her resume. And that could have changed her game. Potentially. I, I think it would have changed her game. I mean, for her to say, hey, you played your idol on me and now I'm voting you out would have been huge. So I, for her to say that and expect that of Jake, that was just silly. And it really goes to show, like you said, everybody outside of that core for Reba Alliance really didn't have a ton of strategy. That core four controlled pretty much the entire game. And uh, I hope that next season it's not as like, or at least that it doesn't feel so one-sided because looking at the jury at the end, there were a lot of really strong players. I thought this was a really strong cast of Survivor barring the first three weeks. Um, of the probably the weakest players we've ever seen, but all in all, very very strong cast. Everybody had really really good games, except nobody could come together and play as a, an alliance. 
Everybody had great individual games, but not as an alliance, except for those core four. Yeah, it's it's completely... I, I feel like I've been kind of beating a dead horse with this, but it's completely just bizarre to me that 45 seasons in, we have a cast of players that are, you know, alleged fans of the game that just didn't see it because i think if the re before were on any other season in the last three years post covid they would have uh, somebody would have risen up and been like hey do you guys see what's happening here we need to do something about that and it would have been nipped in the bud and all of them would have been jury members Mm -hmm. it was definitely a weird weird dynamic and i mean it was fun to watch for a little bit of a change but I never like whenever people are kind of just picked off one by one. Not that this necess- it was necessarily like that all season, but that main four was running the show the majority of the game. And so it almost kind of felt like that in a way. Like I said, it was fun to watch, uh, but just definitely a different, different, different gameplay for sure. It goes to show as individual of a game as survivor is you cannot make it and and in my opinion win you can't make it i mean you can make it to the end jake did but you can't win the game playing by yourself you've got to have a strong alliance and i don't know i just it amazes me, like you said, that 45 seasons in that we've got people that are trying to play more of an individual game and not willing to look out for somebody next to them, you know, at the expense of their own game because it just doesn't take them as far. I don't know. It was interesting. So, um, Austin and Katura voted Julie because Katura flipped her vote at the last minute. D flat out told Austin that she was not voting for Julie no matter what. So D voted Katura. Jake voted D and Katura was supposed to vote D but didn't. And then Julie voted Jake. But the kicker in all of this is Jake played his idol for Katura. So not only did Katura drop the ball because she didn't vote for D that like totally ruined Jake's idol move made that worth nothing. <laughs> it's like, why even have the idol at that point? And I don't know that Julie ended up going home. So it was, Julie was a really strong player. And I thought that was a just kind of a funny, ironic way for her to go home on a tribal that nobody really seemed to know what was happening. I actually thought that Jake was going to go home after he played it on Katura. I did too. Just just based off of, like like I said, the previous just blunders in the episode that he had, I was like, man, they're really building this up for him to, to go home at this next tribal. And I thought that was going to happen. And he, he escaped. And Julie, who... Might have won the game if she was sitting in Final Tribal. Went home. So they were smart to get her out. I honestly thought 
after obviously watching the final tribal and um, the jury vote for who was going to win, I th- I thought, like thinking back, if Julie would have went to the final even with D or without, based on how it almost seemed like they were voting, that she would have won. I don't. It kind of surprised me that Austin got so many votes at the end, and we can get into that later. But I, I think if Julie would have been at the end, I think she would have won. Just based yeah. on her relationship relationship side of things. But Yeah, I'll be curious to dive into that a little bit um, when we get to the final tribal. But I, I am curious to see what you guys would think. And this is totally hypothetical. But if D would have been voted out, and then <clears throat> if the final three would have been Jake, Katura, and Austin who you guys think would have won in that part of me thinks Austin still would have even based on how votes went tonight. He obviously got more votes than I thought he was going to. And I think he would have, but if that move happened, like it should have with Jake playing the idol blindsiding D and her leaving and those three at the end, I could have seen him winning. Uh, I think it would have been down between him and, uh, him and um, Austin, but I don't know. I, what do you think, Brandon? So, Jake, Katara, Austin. Uh, I never felt like Jake was going to win the game. I always felt like he was a final tribal zero vote guy. Austin, you know how I feel about Austin. I think he probably would have won the game uh, still, but the way that people were talking about Katara. And how they were afraid of her was interesting to me because, I mean, for us, it felt like she was kind of tunnel visioned on Bruce for three quarters of the season. Now, I'm about to get into the weeds here. Let's say she makes final tribal and has a shot to win. I think the, her, I think her edit probably would have been a little bit different and it wouldn't have been so, you know, this is the castaway that has disdain for Bruce, I think we would have been able to see more of what Katura did. Cause it sounds like she did more than it's kind of perceived uh, on our end. And that's not surprising. Cause you have to, when, cause when they're editing these shows, they, you know, they have to tell a story, like they have to tell D's story and how she won. So they're going to make D look really good. Not to belittle anything that D did. Cause obviously it's very clear that she was leading the game, but there was obviously things about Katura that the people on the island, her fellow uh, contestants saw that we did not. So she may have, and we might've seen a different Katura story had that played out. If it would have been those three at the end, I almost think Katura would have run away with it. I don't know. I, I'm We we can talk a little bit more about it at when we get into the final tribal, I'll let you finish up Logan, but um, I do want to talk about kind of the, the answers and how um, Austin D and Jake kind of answered everything. Cause that'll kind of tie back into what I was going to say. No, we can, we can go ahead and dive on into that. I think what you guys said there, I was, um, I was honestly agreeing with that and didn't really have much else. So we can dive into what you were, what you're thinking. Before we move on, I do want to say one thing about Katura. Um, I 
po- post Bruce, post uh, Bruce vote out, I really enjoyed Katura. So I would love, I would love to see her play again in a season that doesn't involve Bruce, because I think that there is something there with her that could be really fun. I mean, if you get on uh, social media, she's a lot of people loved her. So it would be cool to see her where her whole identity isn't, man, I really hate this Bruce guy. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I agree. Yeah, let's uh, let's hold off on final tribal for for just a minute. Um, so right now we're down to final four. Um, we've got the final challenge, and for the first time in a while, from at least from what I remember, it is not the the balls where you're putting the balls in and kind of switching back and forth between two hands. That's correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but that has been the final challenge for a long time, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's the challenge I was expecting to see whenever we got to this, so I'm right there with you. Have they done a the a challenge like they've done for the, this final challenge? Haven't they done this before, something similar to it? Yes. Okay. But not for, not for Final Four that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So... The, this challenge, um, Brandon, take us through this challenge. What what did they have to do? All right. So for this challenge, this is the uh, final four challenge. Uh, winner of this solidifies a spot in the final three. So this was a pretty, pretty tough challenge. So the goal is you have to maneuver through a grid of ropes while using a long fork to place a bowl on the perch. So you're going to use this fork thing that's going to grip a bowl and you're just going to hold it and you're going to walk through the grid. And once you place your bowl, you're going to go back through that grid rope and get another one. You'll repeat this process until you get all, all 20 bowls. You're just going to stack them on top of each other. And the tricky part of the challenge is the entire structure is connected to the perch that you're stacking those bowls on. So if you hit one of those ropes too hard, the perch is going to wobble and all your all your bowls are going to fall, causing you to have to start all over. An incredibly tough challenge and really a great challenge to send you into the finals. Starting off with it, uh, obviously got off to a people being cautious with it. And then very quickly, I felt like people kind of got not necessarily comfortable with it, but we're really trying to push the pace and be first. Obviously, Austin kind of had the first blunder of his his cups falling and then um had him fall again and then it seemed like everybody else had just i mean from d she didn't she didn't have any fall but then um jake was trying to push the pace ended up having his fall katura um i believe she had hers fall once but she got um she got her stack up pretty high as well towards the end I I didn't love Jake in the ep- in the in the challenge. I thought the way it ended for him was kind of unfortunate and he he could have controlled that I think to a point like Jeff said Jake that's on you for um kind of breaking the the challenge and not even having an opportunity to to win reward or not win reward win immunity. So didn't love Jake and thought that 
that was a really bad side of him. Um, D crushed it, didn't drop one, and so it was a flawless, flawless victory for her. Yeah, she absolutely crushed it. Uh, I mean, it was pretty telling. And I, I think Jake had to do whatever he had to do, like just rush as fast as he could, um, thinking like this is my only shot to get back in it. But it didn't matter whether he broke the challenge or not. Uh, I'm with you. It was not a great look for Jake. And I sat there and I wondered, um, and, and nothing against Jake's character, because I, I think in my opinion, he was probably my favorite player this season i just just a relatable guy i would love to go hang out with just super super cool and chill um but i began to wonder man he really seems to get flustered and kind of in his own way uh, when things don't go exactly as planned and i thought how in the world is he going to be a successful attorney because I feel like that part of being an attorney is all about, dang, hey, this didn't go according to plan. I've got to adjust and pivot really quickly and kind of land back on my feet. And he didn't really seem to be able to do that really well. I don't know if you guys thought the same. So my defense for him there is, like in Survivor, the, it's a game all about... Uh, information is power knowledge is power and you can people with will withhold information from you or they'll kind of lie to you when you're in the courtroom like you pretty much have all the information and you're like you're gonna have curveballs thrown at you but like you're not gonna have like or at least you would hope that you aren't gonna have people lying to you or withholding info from you so i think I see your point, but I don't know. I don't know if that would have any uh, bearing on that. I think what we saw in Survivor is just a guy that just just couldn't seem to, you know, it was just a swing and a miss every time. And I think, I think the the Final Four challenge. I think that the emotions just got the best of him, and it cost him. Yeah, and I I think. The side of like kind of going back to the courtroom and does that affect him trying to think on his feet? I feel like he's always shown that he's able to have that strategic side of things in in the mindset, and then he is a very good talker. Um, it's, not obviously it's to the, the execution. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, and even the idea of sharing with Austin that he had the idol, like. I, I see what you were trying to do. It just, it just didn't play out that way. And so, and, and maybe it has no correlation with him in the courtroom at all, at all. But I, I just got to thinking on that. I'm like, man, I wonder if that, if that correlates at all, I, I would just be curious to, to see him yeah. in his element as an attorney. Yeah. And I think some of that, he the moments when he got flustered or in challenge, say example in challenges where he got flustered or seemed like he was trying to scramble and um, all some of that I felt like was more on the physical side of things and not that he's not a physical guy, but I mean, he even came out and said, Hey, I'm not a runner. I'm not the best guy. And he, we kind of heard some of his backstory. And so that side of things, if that's not your element, 
you're going to get flustered a little bit easier. So I think I think that had a lot to do with it too, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. give give the guy three meals and a good night's sleep, and I think you see a yeah. different part of him too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, well, D absolutely crushed it. I mean, like you guys said, she did not drop a single one. I mean, she was flying through it. So um, kudos to her. Um, it gets to where she gets to choose who she takes to the finals and who has to make fire. And what do you guys think of her taking Austin and or her the kind of thought process there? Um, Logan, I'll... Let's start with you, but what'd you what'd you think of how how that all played out? Yeah, I think her not wanting to to take Katura was kind of surprising to me. Um kind of like we talked before, we didn't necessarily see all of the moves that she made um with her kind of side stories and what what we saw. Um but I think her decision to take Austin I think it was smart, and I didn't expect her to do anything else. I think Jake asking to go to fire was his last-ditch effort to say, hey, I've actually been able to do something in the game and complete something, because everything else has just kind of fallen through. And I'm glad he was able to go, because that was a really cool moment for him, and obviously really meant a lot to him. So I thought it was it played out in a way perfectly for, obviously, D and winning and winning the the season but um it was i don't know if if katura went to the final and uh jake went home or went to the jury i don't i don't know if that changes the outcome of if if d won or not so i don't think it necessarily made a difference either way but um yeah it was pretty good d was always taking austin um, obviously Jake asked to go to fire. Um, and like you said, Logan, we were finding out that apparently Katara is this big threat that nobody wants to go to the end with, which, yeah, I don't know about that, but my question, I actually have a question for both, for both of you. Uh, and it's been kind of a, a topic since they started fire. Uh, how much weight does winning, how, how much weight does winning fire have on winning the game like if you are like i'm gonna give up immunity or i'm gonna volunteer to do fire and then you win fire like does that really carry in a weight carry any weight other than like oh the jury got to see it happen like how how big of a move actually is that outside of outside of chris in season 38 giving up his immunity to take on rick devins and then winning fire and then winning the game but like in a normal circumstance i think it depends so I think it depends on the jury and I think it depends on who you're going to sit next to. And I think it depends on how close that is. So what I mean by that is, let me take a step back. I was thinking the only shot that Austin had of D not taking her was if she wanted Katura out so badly that she was willing to not take Austin thinking that he would have a better shot to take out Katura. And also knowing that Jake wanted to make fire, I think if if Jake was perceived as a bigger threat to um to D, 
she could have taken that away from him and not given him the opportunity. But also she, at the same time, didn't want Austin to have the opportunity to make fire because, in her words, that would have given him another feather in his cap. And so from the perspective, her looking at it, hey, if Jake makes fire and wins, that's fine. That's what I want to happen. That's not enough for him to take the game from me. But between her and Austin, hey, I don't know that I want him to make fire because if he wins and takes out Katura, which I would want to happen, I don't want him to have that feather in his cap and because that might put him over the edge. Because And as we saw, those votes were really, really close. And, you know, it. I think if Austin would have won fire or made fire and won, I think that could have pushed him over. So I think the answer to your question is it totally depends on the situation. I would agree with that to a point. Um, I think some in, in my mind, the fire is too little too late. If that's your last ditch effort, obviously, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess in the it, it does it does depend, but in most scenarios, I feel like it's almost too little, too late. If you're that desperate to go make fire and that be your big move, I think it's too little, too late. In the instance of it being down to two people and it uh, being a really close vote, and that being just one last thing that they had over the other person, yeah, but. Most of the time, I think it's just too, it, it's too little, too late, and um, I don't I don't think it has a huge weight. What do you think, Brandon? I okay, so I'm glad you asked. I think I think feeling like you need to need to be in the fire making challenge is a last ditch effort. It's a desperation move. I think if you feel good about winning the game. You don't need fire. Like, again, unless you did Edge of Extinction and sat on an island for 35 days, like Chris did in 38, then it absolutely makes sense for you to step in and make fire. But I think it's a desperation move. I I agree with you, Blake, that it probably also depends on the jury. We've seen it in recent seasons, I think, in 43, where Cassidy... You know, the jury was kind of pressing her like, well, why didn't you make fire? And she was like, well, I didn't feel like I needed to. But the jury felt like she needed to do that to see something. So I don't know. It's a, it's probably just a, a case-by-case situation, I suppose. Yeah, it is, it is interesting because I think, like I, like I was saying, I think it totally could have varied depending on who won. Um, I don't know if that would have put Austin over D, but I mean, let's hop into to final tribal for for a bit. I don't know about you guys, but as they were asking questions, I did not feel like D was answering the questions well at all. I thought Austin and Jake were were doing much better, and then it quickly turned into questions for just Austin and D, and I thought Austin was answering the questions better, in my opinion. And then towards the end, I think D had two questions that she answered and just totally crushed it. And I think, in my opinion, that is what put her over Austin. 
So if Austin would have had that fire as well, I kind of wonder if that would have just slipped him over over D slightly. So D won the game as soon as Austin said, D is not the reason that Julie played her idol. As soon as he, he said that, I knew D was going to win because D was going to reveal that she told Julie. And then that was going to reveal that D told Julie to play her idol and put it on Emily. That's a, that's a move in D's pocket. And then she also revealed, you know, I'm not going to tell Austin about this blindside. So as soon as Austin was clearly out on a move, I was like, Oh, D won the game. And I, I do agree with you. I think that she kind of missed on some of her questions as well. I was honestly kind of shocked because by the way she was talking, obviously before, before tribal, it was like, you're going to see a different side of me, this and that. And I, I, I was honestly kind of surprised. It, I thought she, throughout the uh, season, she'd done a pretty good job of talking and uh, tribal and different things like that. But it almost seemed like she just wasn't answering their questions at the very beginning or to the point of, yeah, she just didn't talk very well uh, and kind of explain herself very well. And the one, the one example I think of is the question Emily had. I don't remember the exact question, but she, I don't feel like she answered the question until later in a different question when she kind of explained one of her moves that she made. I think it was explaining the, she told um, Julie to play the idol to get out, um, to get out Emily. And I don't know. She just seemed kind of all over the place and honestly, really, really surprised me. Actually, I know, uh, I know what question you're talking about. Emily asked if, you know, what was a move where, you played, you know, you play with your heart, you play with your brain. What was a move where you played with your brain? And D said, well, my brain and my heart aren't separate. Like I played with them all together. I actually really appreciated her answer saying, you know, maybe you are kind of a game bot in Emily. Uh, I'm not that person. I, I make decisions with, you know, every, with my heart and my head combined. I actually appreciated her answer there. I know that she didn't really answer Emily's question, but I actually appreciated it. See, and I liked the answer, but I, I almost feel like sometimes you have to you have to answer the question that they're asking. Meaning, hey, you can think that, but hey, you know, I don't really feel like I separated it between my head and heart, but if I had to choose one, it would be this. Like, say both of those things, but she didn't really answer it. And so I was not impressed with the answer. I understood what she was saying and I liked it, but I thought like you didn't really earn yourself any votes by not answer or by answering it that way. She ended up redeeming herself. Like you were saying, Logan, by answering it later. Um, but I don't know that that was a weird moment for me. What did you guys think about Jake and some of his answers to the questions? And then it just slowly going over to, D and Austin. I I mean, Jake was never winning the game. The jury knew Jake was never winning the game. He doesn't have anything to his name. He doesn't have a resume. So it it's not surprising that D and Austin were getting most of the attention. 
Yeah, I I think if they would have been given the chance to make like one final statement like they've done in the past, okay, you've got, you know, this is your last 30-second pitch to the jury. I think Jake could have potentially pulled something out on, I mean, like we were talking in previous weeks, it's just like, hey, I was on the bottom, but you can never get me out. I was always trying to make moves. Didn't go my way, but that didn't stop me from getting here. I think he could have appealed to some people to maybe get some votes, but I'm with you. He was not going to win sitting next to those two. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Survivor did a really good job this season of highlighting everyone's game. And, I mean, they kind of showed even before the last Tribal Council that and like everybody had really, really good moments. Jake's just wasn't enough. So you could tell pretty quickly in those questions that it, it wasn't going to go his way. What do you guys think uh, with Austin? Uh, and maybe like if I would pay attention to like the, the preseason kind of uh, bios that they put out on the players, but what do you guys think of Austin? being an alternate and not realizing that he was going to play until like 72 hours before the season started. That was awesome. I did not realize that. And I don't think, I thought that was the first time that they had said anything about it. I, I began to think like, wait, did they mention that in previous episode or anything? But um, I don't think they did. That was, I don't know. That was kind of cool. Um, and then to hear that, alternates don't happen very often and then a handful of times that they have they've everybody's gone pretty far into the game i thought was kind of a cool little thing um but uh yeah i thought that was super cool that he was an alternate i thought one heck of a obviously great time to reveal that and kind of cool story for him uh along with there was several other kind of truth bombs dropped from Katura being a, a, a public um, attorney. And then um, even Julie coming out and saying, Hey, I went to law school and so I'm a lawyer. And like, it was kind of cool to see all these different things come about that everybody thought, Oh, I know who this person is. And then it turns out, Oh, wait, you have a completely different story than what I originally thought. So kind of cool to see some of those truth bombs come out and um, see everybody's reaction. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a fun time. Yeah. I liked, uh, I thought Jake and Katura's answer to those questions were really, really funny. Um, so to find out that all three lawyers kind of lied about what they did, so Jake said he was a public defender, but he's a actually a prosecutor. I, I think that's how it was, um, or maybe vice versa. But uh, And then Julie saying that, hey, I didn't even tell you guys that I've gone to law school and I've been an attorney now. And then Katura saying, hey, oh, yes, and I am, um, but I wasn't trying to deceive everybody. It was just... I wanted to separate that and not be known as that. I wanted to be known as Katura, not Katura the attorney. And I think I mentioned that in a previous episode that we had. Like, that's always weird to me on like 
how to reveal that stuff without people feeling like, oh, dang, she was just being deceptive the whole time because she didn't want us to think that she was a stronger player than she actually was. But I thought she spun that in a really cool way, and I really appreciated that from Katura. And then I thought it was Jake's answer was just hilarious and the most lawyer thing ever. He's like, yeah, we all lied about it, but I had told the most truths. <laughs> and it was, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. What do, what do you think the the mindset is with attorneys, especially? They feel like they need to mask their, their uh, occupation when they go on Survivor. I was looking at it, and there's only ever been one attorney to win Survivor. Is it just the idea that attorneys are really articulate in their speech or is it the, is it literally because they're presenting a case to the jury at the end? What is it about attorneys that people are so either afraid of or afraid of revealing that that's what they do for a living? I think it's a combination of those two and the just kind of the powerful nature of it. And I mean, same way with salespeople, they're just, salespeople aren't as highly regarded as as attorneys so i mean a lot of salesmen don't want to be known as i don't want to be the sales guy like i don't know yeah i think i think attorneys obviously are usually able to talk really well but they're also able should be able to kind of step back from the situation and look at the big picture and see what's going on where can i go from here and how do i get out of this or how do i how do i um, change the outcome here and i think in that side of things of being able to look at the game and kind of see what's coming to maybe being more strategic or being able to kind of separate things out where um and then obviously talking to the jury, I think all, I think it has a a lot to do with all of it. I don't think it's just one little thing here and there. I think it's all, all of it. Yeah, so we get to the final vote. Um, we'll kind of go through everybody's vote. Caleb voted Austin. Julie voted D. Kendra voted Austin. Emily voted D. Drew voted Austin. Katura, Bruce, and Kelly all voted D. What they kind of alluded to it at the end, and I don't know if it's a for sure thing, but I sat there and I wondered what happens if it's a tie. Did were they saying that Jake would have been the tiebreaker? Yes, that's exactly what would have happened. This happened in uh, this happened in Ghost Island. Dom and Wendell. And uh, Laurel were the final three. Dom and Wendell both had four votes each. Laurel had zero. The third final tribal member will then give the tie-breaking vote and pretty much decide the winner of the season. So yeah, Jake would have made that vote. I forgot about that. What if it... I mean, I guess... One, two, three... Okay, I guess it can't be a three-way tie. Okay. That'd be wild. Yeah. I do like that it was not just a slam dunk for anybody. That 
it was such a close vote between Austin and D. I, I do think D was the better player. I'm glad she won between her and Austin. But I, I was glad to see that they that Austin got some votes. I wish Jake would have gotten maybe one or two. Um, but it was good to see that it was not just unanimous. I, I like it when it's more competitive like that. Yeah, I almost felt bad for Jake and him not getting any votes. I, I wanted him to get at least something. But um, I, I agree with having the votes split up. I think, one, it's better for TV, for the people's reactions. Um, obviously, you could see it kind of going back and forth and the suspense and all of that. So I like that side of things, of whenever votes kind of get split up. But um, I, as soon as it got down to four, and, four votes for D and three for um, Austin, I was like, I, I wasn't sure what they would do in the tie. I, I forgot about the tiebreaker. And so um, it was definitely a, a fun reveal of, of winter season 45. Yeah, this is the closest vote, winner vote of the the new era. And I'm with you guys. I A blowout winner is really boring. And that, that being said, I'm actually surprised it was as close as it was because I just didn't feel... Like, out of the final three, I just felt like D played far and away a much better game than anybody involved. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, the jury sees things or has reasons for voting for players that we don't fully know. So I'm glad that it was close, though. Yeah, and real quick about that with D, kind of back to her talking at the... at um some of the questions that the jury had for her, it almost seemed like she was, she like her first answer was downplaying herself and it didn't, it seemed odd to me. And I think it, I was surprised as well as you, Brandon with Austin getting so many votes. I thought D played the best game, but it surprised me that it almost seemed like she was downplaying her game or the, the way she worded that almost came off a little weird, but I think I think she deserved all of the votes based on her game. She's the first. She's really the first player in the new era. The first winner, rather, in the new era that had control of the game from start to finish. Uh, the other four winners, like, were all like kind of underdogs, or you know, their backs were against the wall, or just didn't have you know a clear path to victory. So yeah, she's the first one to have just a really just dominant win. She was fun to watch too. It wasn't just a, she got a good alliance and didn't have to do anything. She was still making moves, going after people, winning challenges and all that. She would, it was all around a, a great season and um, I'm I'm glad she won because she obviously deserved it and was very fun to watch throughout. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She was she was a great one. I mean, from start to finish, like you said, she definitely controlled the game and um and put herself in a great position, not only strategically but socially. And I mean, from top to bottom, I thought it was really good. So like I said before, I think it was one of the strongest casts minus the first three weeks and the first three contestants, which that was, uh, well, I guess 
call it three out of the first four. So Hannah, Brandon, and Sean, who kind of all quit, kind of. Um, but after that, like everybody was like really, really strong, and I enjoyed every single one of them. I I, I thought it was a really, really great cast, and uh, next season has a lot to live up to. Yeah, well, is uh, there anything else you guys can think of that we wanted to touch on, or is this kind of the wrap to to another great season? Oh, I was just going to ask what you guys thought of the uh, the teaser, the trailer for next season. They never, I I enjoy watching them, but they never really give you anything. They don't. <laughs> it's really just the people like a, a a look at who who's on next season. Yeah, I the part where they threw that guy the buff um, while he was in what looked like a confessional was odd to me. Um, because it looked like he was there in Fiji and they tossed him a buff, so that looked a little different than normal. So I wonder if that if that's a little twist that they're trying, or you know what that'll be, but. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm I'm glad that it's in February and we don't have to wait super long. Uh, it seems like a really quick turnaround, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, I have one uh, one thing to say uh, before you close us out, Logan. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to both of you for uh, doing this podcast, doing the merge feast. Um, so look behind the curtain. It's not as easy as just getting on a mic and talking about the greatest show in the world. Um, it's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of show prep. So uh, I wanted to thank you, Blake, for kind of taking on the show host role. Um, I want to thank you, Logan, for for uh, doing most of the editing and a lot of the behind the scenes work late nights on Thursday nights, getting the shows ready for Friday, getting that deadline and getting our episodes out. I just want to thank you both for uh, your efforts and can't wait to see what's next. Cause the sky's the limits for the show. Yeah. I, uh, thank you. And obviously thank you to both of you as well. I mean, it's been a blast. Um, obviously kind of getting into this was, a little nerve wracking, but I've loved every minute of it. And like you said, excited for what's to come. We've got a couple things in the works of um, what 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 we're wanting to do, and um, kind of see can kind of see where this is going. So I am absolutely excited for next season. Excited it's coming back um, really, really early or really quick in February. And so absolutely excited for um, the future and what's to come. I am too. And uh, yeah, we will absolutely be back for, for next season. I mean, I don't, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I definitely plan to be back uh, for next season, uh, but still tune in between now and then. Cause we will, uh, we'll probably take next week off with it being Christmas, but uh, we will have some, um, some episodes here, here and there uh, in between now and next season. And um, we also have, some other podcasts um brandon do you want to i mean you've got what your baseball and football podcasts um 
give everybody the names there, but if you're baseball fans or, or football fans, um, tune in to Brandon's other podcast there. Yeah. So we have, uh, kind of three, three podcasts in our group. We have obviously the merge feast that covers survivor every week, uh, just recaps the show. And then, you know, we're obviously in the off season. So we've got just, I mean, just the world is our oyster, honestly. And we got some fun stuff playing there, but got two other ones going on. Number one, uh, the football kingdom podcast, uh, new episodes every Wednesday that just recaps the week of NFL games kind of goes over scores and stories and kind of gives you a breakdown of what's going on in the league in the NFL. And then uh, I have a podcast I do myself. It's called this is baseball. It's every other Wednesday. Um, and that's, uh, it's just kind of me. Baseball is my favorite sport and it's just me talking about the game. I love, I'll go over, you know, league news. I'll talk about some history and just, you know, whatever's kind of on my mind in the world of baseball. So if you're a fan of baseball or football or survivor, it's all right here. Yeah. Well, I think that's a a wrap for the first season of Survivor um, that we've done a podcast for. It's been a wonderful ride. And um, if everybody listening would tune in here in between here and the next season and then absolutely follow up with us next season, we'll we'll be back and uh, look forward for look forward for that. We will uh, we'll see everybody later.